Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. The seminary turned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even a demon, submit to us. He said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but, that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. You all may be seen by your children. Oh. When I started seminary back in 2008, I think if you were to ask me if I believed in angels, I, I might have been very skeptical about their existence. Before seminary, my closest angelic experience was that on TV with unsolved mysteries, those really creepy stories about angels, or one of my favorite movies, Angels in the Outfield. I don't think I would ever have doubted the existence of angels, but I know for sure that I did not see them as the strong defenders of the faith. My experience with angels was that of whimsical folly, silly creatures that help Major League Baseball players win games, or interact with humanity as Della Reese or Roma Downey did on TV. While I think Roma and Della did a great job of showing angels as messengers of God's love, that's where it stopped in terms of biblical portrayal. Angels of the Hebrew Bible, and even in the New Testament, are not creatures, people that you want to mess with. I mean, think about it. What's the first thing that angels say to humanity, to a person when they meet them? Anybody? Fear not. Do not be afraid. You wouldn't have to say that if you weren't scary. I mean, I walk into Thomas's room every morning. I don't say, don't be afraid of me, little buddy. It's usually, good morning. Because Thomas isn't afraid of me. But when an angel shows up in the biblical narrative, people are always afraid, standing in fear. Yet when we think of angels today, we, we think of them as cute, cuddly little creatures. Cherubs are reduced to little cupid shooting arrows of love at other people. Michael and his angels are, while very beautifully painted arts like this, artwork, they're painted as these beautiful Anglo-Saxon colored humans with long brown hair, beautiful fair skin, the biblical narrative doesn't portray them in that way at all. We are stuck in this lingering angel craze, which is not biblical. I mean, how does Daniel describe Michael? In the lesson today, Daniel writes, At that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise. How does Revelation describe Michael? Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. See, dragons are cool. They're biblical. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. If you're going to go up against the devil and win, if you're going to go up against a dragon and win, you can't be this cute, cuddly little creature. You have to be larger than life. You have to be braver than brave, tougher than tough, stronger than strong. You need to be someone who you don't want to run into a dark alley with. You need someone who is just as terrifying as Satan and all his little demons. You need someone equally as terrifying. Yet we crave angels to be like Della Reese and Roma Downey. Soft and cuddly, beautiful skin, soft-spoken. 
We crave people who look like us instead of supernatural beings who are afraid, who are not afraid to stand in between you and Satan. I was reading through a number of articles this week about angels to try to garner some kind of holy inspiration. I found one written by a guy named Jay Cole. He writes, in the Bible, when angels show up, they're never the focus. They signal that God is about to show up. God is about to pronounce or fulfill promise. God is acting to set people free. So how is God acting to set people free in our lessons appointed for today? The apocalyptic book of Daniel, for example, was written in, a, in the 3rd or 2nd century BCE. Its visions and interpretations mean to comfort the Jews in their time of political oppression with a sense of ultimate power of their God. An angelic message, a hand, brings Daniel the word that the archangel Michael, who before human time conquered Satan, will once again and finally conquer evil, after which will come the general resurrection. Daniel and his people are facing a time of exile and oppression. They are the minority in a land and they have no voice. Yet the great prince, known as Michael, comes to Daniel and says to him, Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. Do not fear, Daniel, for from this, time, from this first day you shall set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Michael reminds Daniel of a time when he stood before Satan and one now he needs Daniel to trust that he will do the same while they're in Babylon. God tells him through the voice of Michael that God will not abandon them, that God has sent them Michael and the other princes to protect the people and to see them through this difficult time. That God has sent Michael as a physical reminder of God's presence with the nation of Israel. Or in the book of Revelation, again we meet Michael before humans were created. Here St. John of Pathmos tells us the legend of a war in heaven in which angels who turned against the authority of God were defeated in battle by Michael and then thrown out of heaven. The story that John recalls reminds readers of a time when Michael and his angels waged war against Satan and they won. Satan and his fallen angels were expelled from heaven. This imagery of angels standing up to evil and casting evil out of heaven holds great theological importance. Not just for us today, but for first century Christians in the early church. Angels have been battling evil from the beginning of time. And this, this brings a great comfort to people, to Christians facing persecution from the Roman Empire, who hope in God's final victory. These are two powerful stories for people living as a minority, Jews living in exile, Christians living with the threat of persecution. Both stories tell how God will bring them through. But notice that the angels are not the focus of either of these stories. We typically, though, like to focus our attention on to what the angels are doing. We are fascinated by their work, yet we never hear the details of their work. We're just told what happens. It's like, spoiler alert, the angels always win. They defeat Satan each and every time. Evil doesn't have a chance when Michael and his angels arrive on scene. The angels, by their very presence, remind us that God is with us. They bear witness to the fact that God wants to meet God's people. That God wants to be with you. For where the angels are at, their God, their God will be also. So where exactly is God? Biblically speaking, we know God is at this table. Because God promised to be with us at this table 
in bread and wine. Therefore, it is safe to assume that every time we gather in this holy place around this holy table, we entertain angels among us. God is also there with the last and lost, the least, the little and the lifeless. God is, is with the naked, the hungry, the homeless. Whenever you help the least of these, as St. Matthew reminds us in his gospel, you do it to the, our Lord. So it is safe to say that whenever you help a fellow brother or sister, the angels are present there with you. Imagine with me every time we feed people at Friends Feeding Friends. Imagine that there are angels filling the room with us. Last year, our youth were sent to pull weeds and clean up brush at a historic African-American cemetery in Houston, Texas. This cemetery was a forgotten place by the people for many years. Many of the grave markers were fallen over or impossible to read because of the weather. Some markers didn't even exist. They were just simply a turtle shell or a rock. In a place that, that holds the forgotten souls of another minority group, God's angels are present. And we're present. They were there with us pulling the weeds alongside of us. They were ministering to the kids as they sweated out under the hot sun. They brought a message from God that even in the midst of forgotten places, God does not forget. And after we left, the angels will stand guard over the blessed saints who rest in their labors. Often on this day, it's easy to turn our attention on to just simply thinking about angels. We tend to think of them as just these simply cute, cuddly creatures. We get caught up in their stories of triumph over the defeat of evil. We get caught up in their illusionary hope that they sometimes give to humanity. Instead, I want to offer a different approach today. I offer that we do not put angels at the center of our worship, our lives, or even our theology. That at the center of our worship, of our lives, and our theology must be God and God alone. And where God dwells, so do the angels. And if we want to be with the angels, we need to look not only in holy places such as this, but in those forgotten places of the world. If we want to get in touch with the holy, the spiritual, the presence of God in life, we just need to turn up where angels turn up. And then simply do what angels do. Worship and witness to the God of life and the one who is our meeting place with God. My brothers and sisters, there are angels all around us this day. And they're not afraid of Satan. They're not afraid of evil. They will stand in front of you and will bring you through to the other side. Do not see difficult moments in your lives as a time when God is testing you. But see them as moments when the angels are there with you. As a time in your life when the angels defend you, defended you, carried you through, brought you through to the other side. And do not fear. These terrifying creatures, they bring you a message of love, of hope. That God loves you. That God wants to be with you. And that God will send you angels to lead you through the storm.